Welcome to Calvary Chapel Sebastian Podcast. We hope that you're blessed by this message. And you're gonna open your Bibles to 2 Peter, 2 Peter New Testament, chapter three, we're gonna start. I'm gonna take you to two places. The rest of them I'll have them up on the screen for you. Chapter three, we'll start in verse 10. So remember, last week we started this series and we, we called it, the title was Signs That We Are At The End Of Times. And so you can go back to that podcast or website and listen to it. Next week, the, the last one is the promised final home. We're gonna be talking about heaven. We're gonna talk about what does it look like? What are we gonna do? And so we'll, we'll dig into the scriptures uh, on that. What happens is a moment I take my last breath here on earth and what do we need to know about heaven before we get there? So that'll be the, the next week. So you, you wanna forget, uh, don't forget to come. But today or tonight, part two, We've titled this, Ready Ourselves, Look Up and Live Right. And so what do, we need to, what do we need to know and do, and how can we prepare for the coming of Christ Jesus our Lord? Real quick review from last week. We established what the signs look like that signify the end of time. So we talked about the frequency. We talked about all the things we went through the scripture verse by verse, to, to really recognize what is going on, when is the rapture gonna happen, or when Jesus returns. We also established that man cannot take credit as a prophet to reveal the day of the Lord or the rapture, right? Nobody knows, and I've got a scripture we'll start off with to re reaffirm that. And then we established what the rapture will look like, what the impact on the seven-year tribulation will have on those that were left behind, and we also talked a little bit about the uh, millennium, the thousand-year reign on earth when we get to come back with Jesus. But the one thing I want you to remember from last week, and this is a great uh, word of encouragement, is the tribulation period, the seven-year tribulation, where God's wrath will be poured out onto the earth, the seven-year tribulation period cannot begin until the church is first removed. And church, that's not the building, right? That's you and I we will be raptured out of here. If you're a believer and you receive Christ your Lord and Savior, we're not even gonna be around, okay? So no worries, that's all you need to know. What we do need to know about tonight is how can we ready ourselves for that moment? Should that moment come or the Lord just naturally takes you because it's your timing, um, then this is what we need to know either way, okay? We just need to know how do we live this life, what is expected of us, and how can we ready ourselves if we hear that trumpet sound in the middle of the night? Remember, we said, what I say? 1.03 a.m., I think, right? Didn't happen, and I didn't proclaim that date and time. Just FYI, so don't, don't put that on Facebook. Um, first thing I want you to look at is up on the screen, and to kind of take us into this, ready ourselves, is found in Mark chapter 13, verse 32. But the day, that day, or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven. So this is like a real tight secret here, okay? You know, so not even the angels know. Look what else it says, nor the son. Jesus doesn't even know himself, but only what? Only the Father, God. Only God's timing does he know when the rapture will happen. But look at verse 33. What's it say, church? Be on guard. Be what? Be on guard. Be alert. See that exclamation mark? That's an urgency. 
It's like, don't worry about the time. Don't worry about the date. Don't listen to this false prophet over here. Whatever, it's gonna happen. What we should pay attention to is how to be alert, how to look for it, and how to be on guard. And then he says, you do not know when that time will come. So you know, the Bible is filled with all kinds of passages to equip us on how to live a Christian life. If you open up this Bible, there's no doubt in my mind that you will read instructions on how you should be as a believer. And that's what we're gonna talk about a little bit tonight. But tonight, the question is, and I want you to write this down because this is personal. You write it down and then you start taking notes for you because it really is personal. And here's what I want you to write down. How do I ready myself for heaven? Some of you may say, well, I think I'm pretty ready. My 401K is doing well. Or I think I'm pretty ready. My health is kind of going downhill. Can I, can I just confess something to you? My wife doesn't even know I'm gonna do this. I won't even tell my son because he'll make fun of me. We were at Old Town, Old Town Orlando, you know, the Old Town. It's been there forever. Have you been there lately? That place is a death trap. I almost got killed. Let me explain. <laughs> the parking is horrendous. It's on 192, right? You're looking at me like you don't know what Old Town is. Kissimmee, right? You with me? Florida? Okay. <laughs> I feel like a guest speaker up in Ohio or something. <laughs> kiss a me. There you go. Kiss a me. It's in Kissimmee, yeah. So we're in Kissimmee, and I drop my son and his football team and my wife off, right? And they're getting in line and to get tickets and stuff. And I go and park the truck. And so, listen, I'm 55. I don't feel old. I just, I don't. You know, I'm just gonna battle. Like, I'm not old, I'm not old, I'm not old. I'm not getting older. Anybody with me? We do that, right? So we're like 72, and we're like, we're not old, we're not old. We're just gonna keep on keeping on, right? Yeah, that's what we do. It's healthy. And so I'm in this mode, and it's dark out, and all of a sudden, this curb comes out of nowhere, kind of like this. Why would they put a curb? I mean, there's a street that I got across, but why would they put a curb there? So I literally missed the curb. I didn't see it, because I'm looking at like all the, you know, the, the, everything that's going on, the rides and what food I can eat, right? Squirrel, squirrel moment, thank you. And I, and I literally missed my step. And, and guys, I, I mean, I'm a big guy, right? You know how you try to catch yourself, but half your body's already tilted? Like you're going down. And it's almost like, it's like a high jump. It's like, how far can I like keep running to not fall before I actually fall? So I get this momentum. Listen, guy my size, you get momentum going, it's gonna be a bad crash. And that's exactly what I did. I literally you know, just stumbled and kept stumbling and I landed sideways and I came down on my shoulder and my arm. And let me tell you something, ladies, I milked my wife for three days because I was in pain. But really, it hurt and I'm getting old. And I go, Jesus, come back now because if this, is, this isn't my last fall, I know it, right? But I'm just telling, I'm just being real with you. And it's those moments where you just go, Jesus, come back before I get too old, okay? 
So I'm praying for the older folks in here, right? Gail, give me an amen, right? I love you, brother. Thank you for the email this, this week. You bless me. So where are we? All right, you can go get your kids and I'll see you in a <laughs> But tonight, the question is, how do I ready myself for heaven? Despite my physical decays. And, and I, want, I want you to understand this and hear me, hear me clear here. Do you understand that there's a difference between inheriting heaven because of the cross and what Jesus did and readying ourselves for heaven? You see, inheriting heaven is salvation, right? It's a free gift. It's everything that Jesus did out of obedience to his father that I get to walk through this door and make it there. But just because I'm basking in salvation, I have a responsibility to also, if Jesus does his part, I should be able to read this and be able to walk in my part, right? What I mean is, it's my responsibility to ready myself for heaven. And some of you say, well, what do I gotta do to ready myself? I, I'm gonna be dead. No, 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 no. We're gonna, you're gonna learn tonight through the scriptures, we've got an incredible journey when we take our last breath here on earth, okay? Some of you think you're retiring and living in the clouds, whatever. No, 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 no. God's got something for all of us. We'll learn a little bit more about that next week. But there's a difference between inheriting heaven and readying ourselves for heaven. Now, the inheritance of heaven is what Jesus paid. And the gospel of Jesus assures us and promises us heaven. Here's a couple of scriptures you can write down. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under where? Under heaven, given to mankind by which we must be saved. Truly, John 5, 24, truly, I tell you, whoever hears my voice and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but has what? Crossed over from death to life. You say, well, I'm not dead. I'm breathing. No. This is, this is about as good as it gets here. Whatever's in your life, it's about as good as it gets here on earth. When we cross the threshold of heaven, it's gonna be incredibly better. That's what we get excited about and what we look forward to. Well, I like my iPhone and I like my Facebook and I like my Starbucks pumpkin latte and I like my friend. We all do. But what's on the other side of this door is something that we can't even put into words, church. We didn't even know how to explain it. John tried in the book of Revelations, but I don't even think he got the magnitude of what it'll be like to be in the presence of Jesus Christ Almighty, our Lord and Savior. That's what's on the other side. Last verse, John 14, three. And if, sorry, Revelations, and you know this. It's up on the screen. Jesus says, here I am, I stand 
at the door and I knock. And if anyone hears my voice and does what? Opens the door. If anybody hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. And to the one who is victorious, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat down with my father on his throne. Can I tell you, do you feel like a VIP in heaven? (laughs) You, You see what that says. He says, not only will you be with me, but you'll be with me at the right side of the Father where I will be. Jesus has a VIP seat waiting for us. There's nothing better than that. I don't care what you saw. Today was a good day, by the way, if you were watching TV. It was a good day. But your best day here doesn't even compare to sitting with Jesus at the right hand of the throne. That's what awaits us. So how do we ready ourselves for that? Yes, we get a VIP pass to sit with Jesus, but how do we honor him and what he did on the cross by what we have with the time we have left? Each of you have an hourglass above your head. There's an hourglass above your head. There's sand. Each of us has a time. We're on limited time. You're like, oh, that's a downer, Pastor Dave. Truth? All of us have a time. It's not meant to scare you should encourage you. Some of you are going to get to get with Jesus before me, maybe. I'm going to jump in line. I don't know if my wife likes that, but I'll jump line. It's exciting, church. And the promises are in here. So readying ourselves for heaven is not only making sure that when we heard the gospel, that we respond to the gospel and we inherit that for free on that glorious day but we have the blessed assurance that we will walk through that door that leads to the other side into a place called heaven. Look up on the screen. What did Jesus say, John 14, three? You know this, you hear it at funerals. We love to say this at funerals because it's the truth and it's encouraging. And if I go and prepare a place for you, who's talking here? Jesus. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You can't argue with the word. There are so many people outside these walls that have no idea or can even fathom that. But you, church, are privileged. That's your destination. and it was free. It it cost somebody, but it didn't cost you and me. So readying ourselves for heaven is more than receiving the gift of salvation. Readying ourselves means that we make the best use of our time after receiving salvation. Readying ourselves means that we live a life ready for the return of Jesus. Ready in ourselves means that others will know that we will be gone when the trumpet sounds. Let me say it again. Ready in ourselves means that everyone that knows you will know or should know that when the trumpet sounds, everybody know what I mean when I say trumpet sounds? Right, the rapture? 
when the trumpet sounds, you're gonna be gone. Here's how this goes. If you're ready in yourself, and let's say the rapture happens tomorrow, 2, 2, 2 p.m., let's have it after lunch because I like to eat. Get my last meal, right? My last earthly meal. But at two o'clock, the trumpet sounds, rapture happens, you guys are gone. <sighs> gone. Right? What should happen to your friends and family? First of all, they're not going to know what's going on. They're going to pull out their phones and they're going to go, they're going to pull up their call list. They're going to pull up their people on your phone. They're going to go, uh, Ron, well, he's gone. Betty, she's gone. John's gone. Chris is gone. No, I won't even call him. He's gone. He's gone. She's gone. They're gone. And they start deleting your name out of their phone because they know. They already knew. They won't understand the rapture at first. Eventually, I think with the media and CNN and everything, right? We know what a Hollywood star's doing the minute they do it. Technology is crazy. Satellites going up off of the Cape Canaveral. We know everything now. You can get the word out in one second, and everybody knows in the whole world. And when the trumpet sounds, they're going to think of you. They're going to think of me, and they're going to say, I better, I better see if I still have that email of that, that sermon that they sent me. I better pull up that text and see that scripture that they sent me when I was having a bad time. You see? You see, church? That's what you do with your time. And that's how you ready yourselves. That's what this is calling you all to do and me to do, to do our part, whatever that part is. If it's looking at that child, knowing that you're breaking the rules, but you know mom and dad's getting a divorce, and you whisper in their ear and you say, Tommy, Jesus loves you. Or if you work in the hospital and your patient's in ICU and the last thing to go is hearing. Right, Ron? All the senses are gone in the human body except hearing. And you don't think they can hear. And that's when you walk into the room and you go, you know, there's a place that's prepared, and it's free. His name is Jesus. That's ready in yourself. So wherever you are, ask yourself this question. Am I ready in myself for that trumpet? I love this. I did a teaching on this about four, four or five years ago. Couldn't find it. It's buried somewhere, but... Michelle, put that up. You know what Jesus said? He said, there's three ways that you will know my disciples. And, and you might want to take a picture of this or just write it down. You've heard this, but it's good to see this together. If you, want to, if you want people around you to know who you are and what you stand for, this is our goal. This is what we shoot for. This is what we try to come close to. You will know my disciples by their what? Their fruit, John 15, eight. Don't have time to go through what fruit means. You will know my disciples by their what? 
by their love. John 13, 35. You will know my disciples if they do what? Abide in my word, John 8, 31. If you wanna know, church, what it, it, what it means to ready yourself, then you can write these three things down. And if you can come even close to that, then people will know that you're set apart. They'll know there's something different. And that is how we ready ourselves. If we make that our target, if we make that our goal, and so I've asked you to turn to 2 Peter 3.10, and we're just gonna start in verse 10. You're there. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. But the day of the Lord, here we go again. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid Bear, verse 11, since everything will be destroyed in this way, what are we talking about, church? The tribulation, right? God's wrath, destroying the earth, one-third of the earth is destroyed immediately, half the population is wiped out immediately. But look at verse 11. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, and here's the question, wait for it, what's he say? What kind of people ought you be? Is that what your version says? What kind of people ought you be? There's the question. In other words, Peter's saying, don't worry about that. Don't worry about what's gonna happen to your farm or to your house. Don't worry about it. What I need you to focus on, he's teaching to his church, what kind of people ought you be? That's what I want you to focus on. And Peter was saying this. This was a letter to the church. What kind of people ought you be? That's why I ask you to write this question down, church. Ask yourself the same question. What kind of person am I tonight? There's no guilt, there's no condemnation. We just go, okay, let's assess. Where are we? And now what do I need to do? Where am I at? What am I doing with my time left here on earth? How do I change? How do I, how do I do this, right? The king is on his way. And he's almost here. And you are at his door. And he is at your door. What kind of Christian am I gonna be? If Jesus should come tomorrow, how am I personally preparing myself? Am I actively living like a last day Christian? Am I actively living today like a last day Christian? That's the question we all wanna know and, and aim for. Simon Peter, you know, he was the author of this book he didn't get everything right. But the purpose of this letter to the believers he's writing of Jesus Christ, he was warning the believers of the dangers of false teachers and harmful influences. I've got it up on the screen. You can just maybe take a picture, shove it in your Bible right next to this verse. But the, there's three purposes for this letter to encourage his readers about the end of times. Here, look what it says. He wanted them to have proper appreciation for prophecy. 
okay? He's preaching from what he knows about what the prophets foretold. Number two, he wanted them to live a holy and godly lives while awaiting for Christ's coming. And number three, the purpose of this letter was to grow his church in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. You know what Peter was basically saying? He says, while you wait for the return of Jesus Christ, here's how you ready yourself. This is what you ought to do. That's what Peter's saying to us tonight. Look at the rest of verse 11. You ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of heavens and fire, and the elements will melt in the heat. Verse 13, but in keeping with his promise, there, there it is, God promises and it will happen when God when. But in keeping with God's promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness will dwell. To be honest, church, I don't know what the media is gonna do a story on when that happens. I dare you to find something positive on the news right now. Can't even imagine. But notice, the new earth, the thousand-year reign here on earth where we come back with Jesus after the tribulation, righteousness will dwell throughout the land. We don't even know what that's like. We have, none of us have lived in that. What comes with righteousness? Peace. Peace beyond all understanding. No worry, no disease, no sickness, no anxiety. Pharmaceutical companies are gonna go out of business. Perfect earth, heaven on earth. Peter is talking about God's plan of the age to come. So notice on the prophetic calendar of events, remember we have the rapture, we have the seven-year tribulation, and then this is what Peter's saying, get ready, then there's a thousand-year reign, the new millennial earth ruled by Jesus Christ, and guess what? He brings us with him. That's the good news. And where does Peter get this? Look up on the slide. We're going into the Old Testament and New Testament. Old Testament, the prophet Isaiah, 65, 17. He, he says, see, I will create what? New heavens and a what? A new earth. Kind of sounds like what Peter just told the church. New heavens and a new earth. The former things will not be remembered, nor will they come to mind. Hallelujah, we don't remember our lives here. We don't remember when I messed up. I don't remember the arguments I caused with my wife. I don't remember the stress and frustration I had with my teenagers. I don't remember the time I got in a car accident. I don't remember the time when I lost my loved one, my family member. Remember no more, because remember, it's a perfect heaven, perfect heaven on earth. Look what John, John had this vision. That's what the book of Revelations is. Revelations 21.1, now I say a what? New heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. So we see biblical truth from the Old Testament, New Testament, and now Peter, after Jesus died and resurrected and is sitting at the right hand of the Father, now he starts preaching that gospel to the church. And because Peter was willing to, to speak that and hold truth to the word, here we are tonight, amen? 
Verse 14, so then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Here's what I kind of wrote. If, we're re- if we really believe in our hearts that Jesus is coming back at any time, then we should go to the extreme to be at peace with God today and tomorrow. That we should be actively doing these things to be at peace with God, to be at peace with our brothers and with our sisters at all cost. If we live a consistent life, Here's what I wrote. I just wrote this down for me. If I believe Jesus could come back tomorrow or next week or next month or a year from now or whenever in my lifetime, then here's what I wanna do. I wanna settle personal matters right away. I wanna keep a short account. I wanna walk in forgiveness. I wanna get better at that. I wanna laugh a lot. I wanna enjoy each day I have. I wanna bless someone along the way just because I can. And when we lay our heads down with an expectation that very well we may wake up in a different house, that maybe tomorrow would be that day. But until then, I wanna have fun. I wanna enjoy as the sands sift through the hourglass above my head, I want to aim to ready myself. And that's how I want to to ready myself. I want to get better at that. How about you? Second place and last place I'm going to ask you to turn. We've got 11 minutes, Michelle. (laughs) Big old bright red flashing time. (laughs) Just joking. I love you guys. Turn with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, New Testament. As you're turning there, you know the book of 1 Thessalonians is this letter written by who? The Apostle Paul. He wrote many of the 13, I think 13 books of the Bible. Someone correct me, 13, I think, of the New Testament. And Paul writes 1 Thessalonians, turn to chapter 5, And this letter was intended for the church to be ready for the coming of Lord Jesus. And as we read through here, there's gonna be some nuggets that we can take heed to as we ready ourselves right now tonight, beginning tonight. How can we walk out of here and ready ourselves? And that's what we're gonna get. Y'all there? We good to go? First Thessalonians, that's a hard one for me to say. Chapter five, verse one, here we go. Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and dates we do not need to write to you, okay? So here's that theme again. What is he talking about? The day that Jesus comes back. He says, verse two, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like what? Like a thief in the night. What's interesting that he's saying here to us tonight is that we know very well Jesus is coming back. As Christians, we shouldn't be surprised. This isn't foreign. I was talking to a lady here tonight before the service and they brought somebody new and I'm thinking, that was a tough teaching last week to bring somebody new to the church, right? It's like this far out stuff, like the end of the earth, what do you mean, right? 
but I'm thankful they brought him because maybe there was something that the Holy Spirit needed to show them where they were, right? We got to trust the Lord in that. But we as Christians should not be surprised. It'd be like, oh, cool, okay, today's the day, right? Shouldn't surprise us. Over and over, the passages are telling us, be ready, be alert, it's happening, and be ready, right? And it shouldn't seem weird. And the rapture could come like a thief in the night. While people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, this is our message, Paul's talking to you and me tonight, but you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness. In other words, you're, you're a believer, you're not an unbeliever, right? We're the children of the light, Jesus calls us. You're not in the darkness, you're not an unbeliever. So he's saying, you are not in the darkness so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or to the darkness. So then, what's it say in your Bible? So then what? Let us not be like others. Church, part of readying ourselves is that we, we are set apart. Again, I'm gonna go back to the phone. When the rapture happens, and your relatives and your friends pull your name up, are they gonna try to call you after the trumpet happens? Are they gonna call you? If you're being like all the others, if there's no difference in your walk, in my walk, I'm no different than the world of unbelievers, your phone's gonna ring. I like those rapture videos where like everything drops. Like, have you ever seen those cool church preachers preaching? It's funny that preacher's still there preaching. <laughs> like, Jesus, what about me? Turn away from me, I never knew you. You preached in my name, but I didn't know you. And there's a phone on the floor and clothes on the floor. It's pretty funny, isn't it? Dogs and cats are in the church, still there. No. I know, you hate me now. Put that in a question. <laughs> Why do you hate dogs and cats? I don't. But um, verse six, he says, so then let us not be like others who are asleep, but let us be awake and what? Sober. That's not like a sober, like, you know, I can't have a drink, like, like I, I, I can't party on, right? That's like be sober, meaning like be very alert, be conscious, be in the word, know what's going on, know what the Spirit's doing, right? Be sober-minded, be keyed in, kind of like when you watch your grandkids, right? You live on a busy street, you are keyed in, you are sober-minded because you're making sure your grandchild, you don't lose your grandchild because when your kids get back, they are gonna get all over you if you lost their kids, <laughs> right? Be sober-minded, pay attention. Basically, he's Paul saying, pay attention. Verse seven, for those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith, and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. It's interesting that he pulls two of the, the tools, right? Two of the tools that we're told to use to protect ourselves, the spiritual principle about this. It's interesting that Paul brings that in here, but he's saying, guard your mind, guard your hearts, and be ready. 
Verse nine, for God did not appoint us to suffer the wrath, but to receive salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the wrath of the seven-year tribulation, but also eternal damnation, you see? Separate from God forever and ever and ever. That's what he's saying here. So you could take it either way, right? I guess you receive both if you're an unbeliever. So, verse 10. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. I'm so glad I don't have to set my alarm. I'm glad I can get a good night's sleep with peace that if the rapture happens, I'll go in my sleep. That's okay with me. I wanna end with this. Sometimes the Bible doesn't need much commentation or explanation. You know, Paul was an extraordinary student when you look at Paul's life, he studied the Greek. He was a student, he was, and he had a teacher. His parents were wealthy, and he studied, and they paid for private school. And he says, I'm the Pharisee of Pharisees. He knew everything about Judaism. He knew everything about the different sectors of leaders, the Sadducees. He says, I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees. So he was a very smart, intelligent man. He was schooled. However, I love what we're gonna cover as we close because he was a simple man as well, and his writings oftentimes represent the simplicity of God's word. And Paul in his final writings leaves us with 13 ways, this is what you've been waiting for, so if you're sleeping, wake up, this is it, and then we'll get you out of here in three minutes. 13 ways to ready ourselves, that's what you came to hear. I'm gonna read to you, but Michelle's gonna follow along with me. You can take pictures of the slide. I'm gonna read you these verses, but this is what Paul's saying to ready yourselves. Okay, there's 13 ways. I'm gonna start in verse 11. You can keep an eye on the slides. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to acknowledge those who work hard among you who care for you in the Lord and who admonish you. Hold them in the highest regard in love because of their work. Live in peace with each other. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Verse 16, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I love verse 19 because I think the Spirit's doing a mighty work in this place and in this town. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good and reject every kind of evil. May God himself and the God of peace sanctify you through and through, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ.
And the one who calls you is faithful. And look at those last five words. What, is, what does Paul say? And he will what? Come on, church, shout it out. And he will what? Verse 24. And he will do it. That's God's promise to us tonight. Worthy to ready ourselves because his promise is he will do it. It's coming. What will he do? He will come back for his people. God keeps his promises. We don't need to question his timing. Church, we just need to be ready. Read this slide together, all of us, Revelations 22, 20, and 21. If you can see the screen, read it out loud. Make it your, your confession. He who testifies to these things says, yes, I am coming soon and amen. Come, Lord Jesus, the grace of Lord Jesus be with God's people and amen. You know what he's saying? Our desire, our spirits are to say, come, Lord Jesus, and he's saying back to us in this verse, he will be with God's people. We want him to come and do what he says he's gonna do, and he's willing to come and do it, amen? So I wanna leave you with, with this question. Have you readied yourself for your Savior's return? And please don't give me an answer like, I hope so, Pastor David. I'm not making fun of you, but Man, when you hear something like this, you can know so. Amen? And if you don't know, then come and see me at the end of the service and say, I really don't know if I'm gonna walk through this door. I don't know if I'm ever gonna cross the threshold and go to heaven. Come see me. Because if, if you walk out of here, and I'm not making fun of you, I love you, but if you're in your mind go, I hope so, I think so, I'm not sure, then you can just spend another hour with me and we'll go through this again. And I will encourage you that you can know so. For the rest of the, if you're all believers in this room, then the walk away, the takeaway is, let's ready ourselves. Let's enjoy each day and let's ready ourselves. How? I just told you. The word of God told you. So let's, let's ready ourselves and be ready. There's a difference between inheriting heaven because of the cross and readying ourselves for heaven. Father God, we thank you tonight for your word. God, we thank you that that your word is so rich, so perfect, so timely, and so simple. Lord, there's no confusion. But it does take faith to believe it. So Lord, would you increase the faith of this church? Would you increase the faith of all our brothers and sisters that they would believe what they heard and that they know that they know that God keeps his promises? And it's, if there's anyone here that just needs to come and talk to me, or Pastor Craig, he's here tonight too. I say, can you just...
pray a prayer with me to receive Christ because I want to know that I can cross that threshold. If, that, if there's anybody here, then just come at the end. We'd be happy to help you. And it's in Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Calvary Chapel Sebastian podcast channel. If this message impacted your life, we encourage you to share it with a friend. We're located at 1251 Sebastian Boulevard, just northeast of Intersection 90th Avenue and State Road 512 in Sebastian, Florida. Our service times are Saturday evening at 6 p.m., Sunday morning at 1045 a.m., and Wednesdays at 630 p.m.